Alrighty. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 15 of Talking to Unicorns. It's been a while. I have been traveling, but we're back. And today I am talking to Nick, who is a brand designer from Auckland. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well. So can you just give us like a little bit of an introduction to who you are, what your background is and the kind of stuff that you do? Yeah, so I, um, I've been working as a designer for about seven or so years now. I uh, started out uh, as a junior at a recruitment advertising marketing type agency. Um, I took a little gap after university, so I didn't work straight away. I think I needed to kind of like de-stress myself from everything that I went through for those three years. Yeah. And uh, from, from that, I uh, stayed at that agency for a few years before I went into a more in-house kind of role. Uh, I kind of worked with a group of companies. So it was, while I was in-house, I was working with a lot of different marketing teams and it was through construction, hotels, bars, restaurants, property. So that was quite varied. And then from there, I've kind of gone back to agency where I'm kind of working over print packaging, um, doing a lot of uh, digital uh, brand development, branding, and um, really kind of everything when it comes to design. So uh, I've been there since the start of this year now. And then, um, and then since March, I've been freelancing as well because COVID happened and now we're allowed to freelance again. <laughs> oh yeah. So um, with COVID happening, the, um, was it kind of like hours have been reduced and therefore don't look for some extra work or was it kind of like more demand for work? Yeah, in a way, it's, uh, I think, um, so usually with a lot of agencies, they, they don't like you to freelance on the side because they don't want you to either take potential clients or work directly with competitors, um, especially with some of the clients we work with. You don't want to be then working with a direct competitor knowing all of their kind of industry kind of secrets and what we're doing with them. So, um, so yeah, in March, they let us uh, freelance again. And uh, the only kind of requirement was that we told them who we were working with, just so that we weren't stepping over any lines there. And um, I guess no one really prepared us for COVID, right? So I think, you know, working in branding, it's, it's been really interesting to see how companies have or haven't been able to adapt. And, you know, I think it's times like these where, good branding and having a real strong brand strategy is helping push some of these businesses forward. Um, you know, in times like these where there is like a, you need to trust who you're working with and having a good reputation and a, a good feeling towards a product or a service is, is really important right now. So um, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been, it's been fun, but it's been a pretty wild year for everyone. It seems. Yeah, for sure. Well, where did I even start? There's so many interesting things. I, I might just start with, um, you know, like the kind of work that you're doing in-house at the moment and how that compares to the work that you do as a freelancer. Like, um, mm. obviously, working as um, a brand strategist in an agency, you'll deal with a different kind of caliber of clients. So what are the main differences? So I think right now with who I'm working with an agency, um, I'm doing a lot of retail and uh, basically we do a lot of point of sales, we do digital, we do, um, we, we, some of our clients, we pretty much cover the whole, everything designed for them. So uh, I'm working over a cross of uh, a, a whole lot of that, as well as some brand development within 
uh, within those retail uh, jobs. Um, the type of freelance work I do, I, I mainly work with a lot of startups and companies that want to rebrand. Um, I find that it's, it's just a, it's an easy way to, when someone doesn't really know what they want or how they want it, or they're just, they're the very beginning of their, their business. It's really easy to help kind of guide them towards what they might, might need. And I think that's why I tend to tend to work with a lot of companies like that, because it kind of helps me as well where, you know, the way I see it when I, when I work with a client is I see it more as a, a partnership in a way. And you're kind of, you're working with them to find out what problems they have and how you can solve those. Mm -hmm. um, whereas again, like an agency as a designer there, we have account managers, uh, we have, you know, a brand strategist, we have, you've got a lot of different roles all helping to get a solution. And I think when you're freelancing, you have a bit more control over that uh, because it's all on you, right? Like, I have to set my own deadlines. I'm having to manage my workload and set the expectations with the client and what they're going to get. Mm -hmm. That is really interesting because it makes sense. I mean, if you aren't an agency, I suppose your sole focus will be on the developing the branding. Do you get, do you have any client interaction at, at all in the agency or? I, I, yeah, I do. It's, it's so some of our bigger clients, they have, uh, account managers directly contacting them and briefing them in with a lot of the work. Whereas a lot of the smaller clients where it's more one or two uh, jobs every same month, they might come directly to me just because it's an easier way. Or if there's something very specific, say like um, an example was some uh, packaging that I was doing recently where she had a, um, the dye line that she wanted was, she wanted to change in a specific way and to brief the account manager was just, it was too hard to kind of, to manage it. Whereas I could have, I could have talked to, through it uh, with the, on the phone with her and, and being able to kind of make it work. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it really depends client, like every client's different, um, but the bigger clients definitely have their own account uh, managers. And there's usually quite a few hands kind of going through that process. Mm -hmm. That's, that's awesome. Um, one of the big reasons why I wanted to jump on a call with you is because I think there's like a misconception sometimes that if you freelance, you have to do it full time. But we actually have a lot of people on the Unicorn Factory that, like you, just mm -hmm. do it on the side while doing a full time job. So I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about what it's like having a full time job and then taking on projects on the side, like how you deal with the time management, how it kind of... Um, you know, how you make it work with like different client demands at different times, all that type of stuff. Yeah. So I think, I think the time management is definitely a big one. I, you have to be realistic with what you can do in what kind of time frame. Um, I think, you know, if I were to uh, say, uh, tell, tell a client, I'm going to be giving them something or delivering something by Friday or jump on a call on Friday, but then something at work, happens and I've got to stay late and I can't do that. Well, it's on me to kind of make those deadlines work, right? So I, I need to be able to set realistic expectations and know my limits on what I can actually achieve. Um, I think like recently I did a, a big rebrand, which was a freelance job. And I, 
I set I set the kind of expectations that I that I thought I could hit and which I did and basically I I made it clear what they would be getting and when um, mm -hmm. and I also I I make it kind of I, I do because I, I work a lot after work as well and that's where a lot of the work's coming in right I can't work while I'm working and um, and and the weekends so a lot of the time if you're very honest and clear with who you're working with first that I am working full time and this is something that I do on the side. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they do want to go jump on a call on like a Saturday or a Sunday or eight o'clock on like a Thursday night. So I think if, if, you, if you're honest about what you can do and what you're able to achieve, then a lot of the time they don't actually mind. Like they, they, they appreciate that and it's better to do that than to not say anything at all and not be able to get something to them in time or have to push it back because then your reputation's on the line, right? So you need mm -hmm. to you need to set those expectations pretty early. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's. I mean, I couldn't agree more. That I mean, like setting those expectations is really key. Do you feel like? Uh, do you feel like often the fact that you do have a full time job is a bit of a deal breaker for like potential clients that you're working with? Hundred <laughs> percent. So <laughs> I think. <laughs> so I think um, a lot of the time. Uh, well, not all the time, but a lot of the time, uh, clients want someone that they can work with that's ongoing and someone that they can rely on to to talk to or um, ring up at any point of the day, really. So if it's a client that wants ongoing work, say every two weeks, every three weeks or something, then that's something I can't probably promise. And again, I, I make it clear with it. And I think that's why I do a lot of one-off jobs. Um, and that's why I work with a lot of um, smaller companies and and ones that are kind of just more one on one with me and a client. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's probably the the hardest thing. It's uh, I've I've got a few clients that I do have ongoing work with, but it's say every two to three months, and the jobs are usually small enough that I can manage that. Um, anything bigger, uh, yeah, you've you've got to know your limits, right? You just it's you don't want to promise something that you can't, you can't do. And um, yeah, I think, I think that's the best way to do it. Just know, knowing your limits, know, know what you can do. Mm -hmm. So do you have like, when you're having an initial discussion with a client, do you have like a checklist or like a mental checklist that you're going through to kind of identify if that particular client is going to work for you or not going to work for you? And what are those kind of requirements? Yeah, usually, like, I don't have, like, a, um, like, a, I, I guess, like, a, usually I'll jump on a phone call with them mm -hmm. and uh, just basically talk through the um, project and what's needed and what their expectations are and seeing if they in line with my expectations. Uh, that's the easiest way to kind of do it. It's, uh, I've, you know, like, a 10-minute phone call doesn't, doesn't hurt time-wise. It's, it's easy to do, and you can kind of see where their line of thinking is and if it's in the same line as is what you're thinking um at, at the same time because my time is limited you can kind of pick and choose what you want to do a little bit easier as well it's it's not like i'm doing i'm doing it solely for the income it's more it's more so i can learn and grow as a designer and be able to kind of push myself to do things that might be out of my comfort zone other than work um, because, you know, like I don't run the, I don't, I don't manage the accounts at 
my day job. So it's, it's been, it's really good to be able to manage them on the side and, and learn a lot of those soft skills that, you know, I think it's important to have. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I mean, I, f- I find that so awesome. I mean, like, what a great way to do it because you're essentially, you are working in-house and you're honing your actual skills and your craft, but then through the freelancing, you're learning the business side of things. Mm. Um, do you, do you, um, have you like picked up a lot of things or learned a lot of things just from working in-house? Yeah, like, like, for, so, um, so my job before this one, which was more in-house, I basically, because I was one of the only designers there, I had the opportunity to kind of take hold of most of the projects that were going on. I was really driving them. And a lot of that I've kind of translated to my freelance work as well. Um, you know, I think, I think the best thing to do at this time in my career is to kind of prepare myself for later in my career by really, you know, investing in myself. I, like the technical skills, they're easy to kind of pick up on. And you, at this point, you know, like, I think I don't need to like learn any more software. I don't need to kind of, I have kind of most of that relatively well checked. It's more, it's more the other skills that I need to kind of grow and develop now. And I don't know anything about business. So, you know, how else do you learn about business by, you know, just getting in and start doing it right. Like it's, you, the only way you learn how to do something is by doing it. So that's kind of, I'm, put, I'm trying to put myself into positions where I can just learn as I go. And, you know, I'm hoping that it all kind of comes together and sets me up later down the road. Yeah. So what are kind of like the, the key things that you have learned just like through freelancing that you kind of didn't expect to learn or you didn't experience working in the agency? Uh, the, the managing the client expectations is probably the hardest thing. Um, I don't have to send invoices when I'm working in an agency. So, um, you know, like there's always a bit of, uh, I don't know why there's always a bit of guilt, I guess. Like you always feel, you always feel a bit awkward having to be like, okay, now that we're all done, you know, <laughs> so it's, yeah. um, it's more the kind of admin side of it. That's, that's been a bit of a challenge or, you know, you like, I, I have like a, a contract that I get the client to sign before we start just to outline the expectations, deliverable dates, and it kind of keeps me responsible as well. And um, I think doing that, it's, it's, it's also hard to kind of manage, um, you know, like say if I were to do something and I put, um, uh, you know, three, three revisions max or something, and then they go over that, it's always hard to be like, you're going over the revisions now. So you're kind of, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's really, there's, there's kind of like a, yeah, there's a little bit of a game that you have to play. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I, because I'm kind of usually trying to work on one client at a time, I like to make every client feel unique and make it a unique experience. And um, you know, like I said earlier, I try to make it more like a partnership where we're working together. It's not, you're just paying me for a service. It's we're working together to find the best solution for what you need. And I'm with you in that kind of, um, doing this. So it's, that's, that's the way I try to look at it. And, you know, I try to grow a relationship there because you never know what's going to happen in the future, right? They might refer you, they might, uh, they might have uh, further work that they want to work with you for. So 
you've always got to kind of um, keep them happy and, and really work with that uh, relationship. That's, that's awesome. That's probably going to be our little snippet on Instagram. Okay, so the next thing that would be quite interesting to hear is as someone who works full time, how do you find people to work with? Because, I mean, you don't, unlike, unlike other freelancers, there's like, you don't need to find clients. You know, mm. there's like no pressure for you to find clients because you've got your income mm. coming from elsewhere. So how, what do you do? Um, and uh, what are the, the different types of things that you've done and what works best for you usually? Okay. I, so um, a lot of work comes from referrals from past people I've worked with. Um, so past companies that I've worked with, um, even through, uh, even through uh, like my day job from years ago, they've referred me on to people um so that's and and co-workers so that's that's been one big one uh second big one would be the unicorn factory of course that's why <laughs> i asked the question yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and um i think networking like i i never used to really go on linkedin but i'm a, a bit more active on linkedin these days and i have like a design instagram account that i try to um engage with a lot of uh, New Zealand based designers a lot. I, I'm trying to get more kind of involved within the community. So I'm just doing that through Instagram. But uh, at the moment, those probably are the main kind of three things. I think you, you've got to put yourself out there, right? Like it's no one knows you're available for work. If, if they don't know you're available for work, you've got to tell people <laughs> that you are, are there. So, you know, like, there's a lot of different channels that you can use these days. So you just kind of throw the net everywhere you can and, and hopefully you catch something. Man, that's fantastic. Okay. I have a few more questions. I think I want to start off with um, what you think your plans are for the future. Do you, do you think you're going to continue with the agency life or do you see yourself moving into freelance or even starting your own studio slash agency at some point? Yeah, that's, and that's a hard one to like, it's a say publicly. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I, I haven't really planned that far down, but at the same time, I don't want to be at the point where, I haven't put in all the work that I need to, to kind of make anything happen. So right now it's basically trying to invest in myself, grow and learn new things. And hopefully down the road that all comes together and helps me with whatever I want to do. It's really, it's, it is a hard one to say because I've, I tend to get um, bored a lot with the type of work that I do in terms of, I, 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 lo I love working over a, a lot of different platforms and um, you know from print to digital to packaging you know branding is my kind of number one but other than that I do like to have the little things on the side as well so who knows I yeah I feel like every year I'm, my mindset has changed you know as a designer anyway I, I feel like in two years time I might be just brand strategy I it's it's really hard to say but I think right now with my freelance I I mainly focus on branding and visual identity design, but I'm starting this year, especially I've started getting more invested in brand strategy. So 
it could be something that I promote a bit more that, you know, I think I need to figure out in terms of my uh, freelance kind of how I want to brand myself. And I think that's probably the first step I need to take and, and then go from there. That's so awesome. By the way, I remember um, what kind of prompted me to get in touch with you to have a chat about like on here. Mm. And that was, you got an inquiry on the unicorn factory and you accidentally replied to me because the system <laughs> yeah. set up is super unintuitive. But one thing <laughs> that you, but I think you had like, you had such an awesome professional response that made me so happy. Yeah. You, you didn't accidentally <laughs> send it to me, but it was yeah. like, Oh my God, I wish everyone would send replies like that. And the one thing that you had in there that was like <laughs> awesome was your like um, your guide, your brand guide with all the logos and how you mm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Like what kind of, like when you send that out to people, like, so can you like explain to someone watching that, why you include that in your email or, you know, like, you know, why sending something like that may be important. Mm. I think I think that wasn't the first time that I've accidentally replied to you as well. I think I've done that a few times. <laughs> I, I yeah, I need to I need to get better at that. That's probably the next skill I need to develop. Um, so that's if one does that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. So yeah, so that um, so that brain that that was actually a, a recent job that I had done, and the main reason I attached that was that. I think it just sets the expectations of the different levels that's involved in maybe in developing a brand. Um, because I think we, like when it comes to a brand, you know, it isn't, um, I can't remember where I heard this, but uh, it isn't what you say it is. It's what they say it is, right? It's mm -hmm. a brand is your reputation and it isn't just the logo. It isn't just a letterhead. It's, you know, those are just tools. It's basically the feeling that people get when they see your, see your company or, or, or someone working for that company. So um, I think there are a lot of different aspects to it. And uh, in that brand guidelines, I think it just highlighted the different um, parts that might be involved visually and the different, um, like in terms of what it, the brand is about and the feeling that it's supposed to give people. So um yeah so i think that's kind of just and, and it was a recent job right so it was just it was it was something i just decided to include just to kind of set those expectations um beforehand mm. you know like one thing that it made me think when i saw it is like we have a lot of brand designers and brand strategists on the unicorn factory and like when you sent that i wasn't even looking for a brand designer like you sent it to me accidentally and i saw it and i was like wow this is like so legit <laughs> and then when we had a come and i mean like and i was just like man that's such a good strategy for like people who are getting into freelancing to kind of see what the standard is and what people do mm. now on that note to, I finish off the unicorn factory with like kind of tips and tricks from our existing freelancers um, for up and coming freelancers. And yeah. so I was wondering if you had any tips or insights that you'd like to pass on. Yeah. So I think my, I guess the tips that I would, I think the, the, the obvious ones are always, you know, like to develop uh, time management and, and to really be able to understand what you're able to deliver and stuff. So I think those are kind of self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. um, what I would probably say, and it probably affects 
your career in general, right? It's, I think, learn how to be disciplined. That's something that I'm trying to do in my career right now. I'm trying to be disciplined with how I approach things and the way that I work. Um, invest in yourself, continue to learn new things and try to grow your skills uh, that you're not good at. It's, you're only not good at something because you haven't done it. So if you constantly try to develop those skills, then, you know, one day you'll get there. Um, I think that, you know, um, at this stage, yeah, it's, for me, it's learning a lot of the soft skills. So I think developing soft skills, um, being able to manage clients and be able to talk to clients is, is a really handy tool. So, you know, like I'm not a very confident public speaker, so I try to speak more. <laughs> that's, that's really, that's the only way I'm going to get better. Right. So I think put yourself in positions that you're not comfortable with. And that's, that's, that's really where you're going to grow and see that growth. So I think, yeah, in terms of freelancing and, and working full time, just know your expectations, continue to push yourself and, and really develop the skills that you want to develop. Nick, that was fantastic. Um, I, I, like, I really appreciate that you um, took the time on a Saturday morning, 9am, because I'm in no, Canada fine. now, Friday 5pm, <laughs> to like, have a chat. And yeah, thank you everyone for watching this episode. Um, now that I am kind of settling down in Canada, I'll try and do these a bit more frequently. I had a bit of a spell of not doing them, but we should be back. Um, but yeah, um, other than that, Thanks very much for watching the whole thing and see you in the next episode. Bye.